0: Have you ever wondered how some of the most groundbreaking medical breakthroughs came to be? How a simple mishap in the lab, an unplanned observation, or an unintended experiment turned into a life-changing marvel? Thank you for joining us for Trials and Tribulations, Happy Accidents that Led to Groundbreaking Discoveries. I'm Anna. I'm Alexandria. And this is The T in STEM. All right, Alexandra, here is story number one. It is called Save the Farms.
1: Oh, I like this a lot better than your last story already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, the, the puppers? The puppers. Puppers. Okay, Save the Farms. All right, so around uh, 2013-ish, I give you a random date because this uh, PhD... Calden Carroll, he has a lot of dates in his name about like when he graduated, when he did this, and when he did that. But when did you develop this saving the farms moment? Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Mr. Carroll, you can let us know when <laughs> the actual date of the Eureka moment was. Oh yeah, this is new enough that you know oh, he, he might even be able to tell us. Yeah, yeah, you can you can call us anytime, sir. I mean. Yeah? Whew. Yeah. Anyways, Mr. Carroll. Okay. He uh, was from the university or Oregon I got his PhD there and he was on the hunt to develop a chemical that would light up in the presence of chloride. And he was hoping it would help researchers when they were studying cystic fibrosis. That was his focus. That was his goal in mind. His experiments, of course... Failed. Failed. They always do at first. They always do with these happy accident stories. The compound, dang it, would only light up when it was in the presence of nitrates. So he's about to scrap the project and his professor was like, wait a minute there, bro. You should take a look into agriculture and see if there's a use for it there somewhere. Well, there was a huge use for it. Uh, He decided right away. As we've learned, patent your idea and your project. First one in, um, he did. And he started a company. He built a sensor that helps farmers in their fertilize uh, fertilizing their fields to detect nitrates.
1: So are nitrates good? I don't I'm a i am have a I'm horrible a farmer. green. I have a horrible green thumb. I kill everything.
0: No, I kill everything. That's why you bought me a succulent because it and it's fake. I don't. It doesn't, I did. It doesn't, I think you. I
1: think we killed like our first four plants
0: that we were gifted. Yeah. Like for the office. Yep. So I bought you a plastic Murder. succulent. <laughs> yeah. It's still alive. It's still alive. I don't know. I don't know anything about nitrates. I don't know nothing about farming. All I know is that everybody's saying that he has changed the industry of farming, and he changed his complete career path. He has this company now. He's done amazing things. And even when you look on his LinkedIn, he's um, a sailor now too so he's a sailor yeah he's
1: a sailboat captain well if there's any farmers out there who use this technology you know tell us
0: more about it tell us about it tell us how this works and how it changed the world i mean this just happened let's go into story number two it is called the love infection oh and no it's not about mr carol <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't know exactly when this took place, but it was somewhere during the pandemic time. So 2019, 2021, uh, still fairly new. It is about a young researcher named Shelley Adamo. She was studying crickets and how they respond in stressful situations. Her and her researchers uh, had a container full of crickets and they needed something to stress them out. So one of the just come over to my house <laughs> with all your puppers. All the puppers. <laughs> um, so one of the students was like, "I have bearded dragons." They're like, "Great! Best thing to stress out crickets. Let's bring in a predator." So they <laughs> or your puppers. They take two bearded dragons. They put them in the crates, cages with the crickets. And after however much time goes by, the crickets were stressed. But a group of crickets were, um, punching the monkey. Oh, they were getting it on. Right? They were doing some hanky-panky. A little giggity-giggity. A little
1: schmoosh all right All righty. I, I can't even imagine that with crickets. Okay, anyways. <laughs> right?
0: How loud and obnoxious is that with that, like, those squeaky thingy that they do with their little legs? The crickety noises? So, Shelly noticed, like, there's some freaky cricket cricketing's happening she separates the freaky crickets to the calm down cricketies into separate areas and she's like why are these crickets so frisky she's studying them she, you know the, the dragons are out doing their own thing and as time passes and she's her and her students are recording the noises other situations that are happening they start turning colors they're turning blue The crickets are turning blue. The kinky crickets. The kinky crickets are blue. Well, that is a kink. (laughs) (laughs) That is very kinky. And then the not freaky crickets are just doing their normal cricket things. So she does all her normal processes and tests and whatnot. And she finds out that the crickets have this thing They have this STI, well, well, they're calling it an STI, so that's like a sexually transmitted disease, right? They've named it... IIV-6. It is a parasite and the crickets are all positive for it and they're blue. And now the blue crickets are no longer getting freaky. So, I don't know a lot about cricket biology. No. But I know with like
1: mammals, blue can be you know,
0: like the blood leakage from the cat Oh, right. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one too. Remember that one story about the, the mice turning blue?
1: Yes. Um, so, is this like that or
0: is it just like a pigmentation? No. Or are they not really sure? No, they're... The parasite is destroying their organs mm-hmm. and it's causing them to turn blue. But the article that I read did not differentiate if it was capillary leakage that made them appear blue or if it was the parasite itself doing something that made them blue. Mm-hmm. So that was that was not clear. But anyways, so the freaky crickets are blue. They're no longer getting freaky and they're dying. So she went and she found out that this IIV6 is a parasite that was in the cricket. She tested both the dragons. One dragon was asymptomatic, but was positive for this IIV-6 parasite as well. So the dragon ain't getting freaky. And it's got this asymptomatic infection. It gave it to the crickets. And the crickets transmitted it to each other by sexual interaction.
1: So it's an STI that gets you going to help itself spread. That is a new one. That
0: is a new one. So the parasite survived and spread through sexual transmission. The parasite is an STI. It is mind-boinking the cricket. This parasite infection is literally changing the libido of the crickets to get their freak on yeah. for the parasite to survive.
1: That is so like a so crazy
0: aphrodisiac. Yeah, after, crazy aphrodisiac. Best part, it okay. So, when you're infected with this sexually transmitted virus mm-hmm. or parasite, the crickets were not developing eggs, they were not reproducing. The only way this parasite survived was to get its freak on from one cricket to the next cricket, and then the original cricket dies off, and then it just kind of goes and goes. Oh, wow. She discovers that this aphrodisiac virus that increases the animal or the insect's libido just to survive. What would happen if this guy to humans screw the zombie apocalypse alexis <laughs> and say hello to the blue death boinking fest the blue death boinking fest
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay but i do wonder you know there's lots of times where viruses cause something and they are able to break away the virus part but they figure out what part of the body it's interacting with that's causing these effects uh-huh could this lead to a, a new medication
0: for libido could this parasite lead to a uh, libido increasing medication yeah I don't know man parasites are alive I mean viruses are alive too but. but if you find out what it is that it's actually doing maybe it's releasing a chemical maybe it's stimulating Ooh. certain
1: parts of the brain do we have Who a new knows? sex drug on our hands we might bound trick up there.
0: I don't know but I'm thinking no more zombie apocalypse nope that's not it's gonna happen if you're taken crazy. over by a parasite Yep. I do wonder, I don't
1: know how it works as far as different diseases being transmitted between different types of animals. Like, you know, there are some that can, some that can't. Uh, so different, it is interesting. Like, like breeds, like yeah. going from an insect to mm-hmm. a dog. Like a dog can get parvo, but we won't get parvo kind of thing. Like right, right, right. Where where do these parasites end? And parasites are different than bacteria and viruses yes. too. That is just Could that easy. ever happen?
0: Well, that's the whole thing. They're but like, oh, we're just one rabies bite away from having the zombie apocalypse take over the world. Like, that's the whole... It could spread like the flu and rabies mixed together.
1: But also, on one end, if it's only transmitted through sexual intercourse, not through, you know, bloodborne mm-hmm. pathogens or anything, the chances of that happening are minimum. But then how did the crickets get it from... The Lizard, how do the
0: crickets get it from the lizard? Because lizard was just supposed to be there to eat the crickets and intimidate them. I mean, it's not it, like the lizard was blinking the crickets. What were these bearded dragons? The, oh, bearded dragons. That just yeah. doesn't,
1: doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. So there had to have been some other way, unless it was just a coincidence. Well, saliva, right? blood. The saliva other and things. blood are for your virals and bacteria. Parasites are, depending on what kind of parasite mm-hmm. it is, they can be large
0: ish. And they, they live in you. You know what, girl? You I don't, don't know. know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know? Well, you don't anybody, know what you don't know. what's her name again? Shelly uh, Adomino. Adana. Well, Shelly. Shelly. Uh, we will definitely
1: love to reach out to you. And you might be getting some messages from me and Anna here in the next couple weeks <laughs> yeah.
0: just to Tell ask you lower. how this works. <laughs> Story number three my friend George and Fred. Very Harry Potter. Love yes. it. Yes. Liz Tibbetts. She was studying social hierarchy of wasp colonies, Mm. right? She's uh, super new to this field of research. She figured probably a little bit ago. Captured some wasps. She would paint them different colors, like a little dot on their back. And then her plan was to videotape their behavior. And she realized through her videotaping, whether this was days or weeks that she was videotaping, that a couple of these wasps didn't have painted spots on them. Oh, she was getting kind of bummed out. And she's like, well, great. Now I'm going to have to start this whole project like all over again because missing some spots. As she's looking at the videotape, she realizes that their wasp faces look. She says that she can tell the difference between the wasps because their faces are unique and different. Now, not like a pug dog to a German shepherd, but like a pug to a pug. A pug to a pug. That she could tell the difference. She says that you could tell the difference between these wasps, but like you can tell the difference between human faces. She said they're unique in color, spots, shapes, structures. Little Miss Liz is, like I said, new to the field. So she's asking outlandish questions to herself and trying to find the answers. Where most people that were like, you know, decades into wasp research probably would never ask because it would just be, you know, ridiculous to think these mm-hmm. things. She's like, I wonder if wasps, if I can tell the difference between wasps. If wasps tell the difference between themselves Mm. if they can recognize each other by their faces. Her research proves that not only can they tell each other apart and recognize them by their faces, but they also can recognize each other and their social interactions within their colonies. Watch out, Real Housewives, because here comes the Wasp Kingdom.
1: Life of the Nest. Like, I love it. <laughs> tell me that you would not you have pictures for oh me. Oh my! Do I have pictures to show you? Okay. If anyone's interested in these pictures, please reach out. Oh wow, these are actually they're different, surprisingly different. I mean, and it makes sense. There's, like, there's they're just so small that you don't really think about it. But every other animal, you can tell the difference between. Mm-hmm. Maybe not if you're
0: new to it, mm-hmm. but if you're there all if the time, you you're can. You're studying the videos. You can. I would totally watch a documentary. Called like the real housewives of wafts in Jersey Shore. And listen to like George and Fred as they like go out for groceries for the day and they come back to the colony. And I would totally watch something like too. that. So, if it was like narrated about what they were doing.
1: Especially like the nature show that I think it's what Snoop
0: Dogg narrates it.
1: Oh, yes. And something like that where they all have little names. Yeah. Oh, I would watch that. That would be a good. Nap and show too yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely this is awesome thank is that, you Anna I am so weird? excited to see this new Netflix series <laughs> hopefully it'll come out one of these days thanks again everyone for joining us subscribe email and we'll see you next week next week